Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Samuel has come and visited with us at Encounter Church uh, several months ago, and uh, I just knew that after I, 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 I grow whenever I hang out with this guy because he is doing some incredible work for Jesus. So I'm super excited today. Samuel's going to come, and he's going to tell us a little bit about uh, his most recent trip to India and, uh, and also just bring a powerful word. So as Samuel comes to the stage, you guys give Samuel an incredible Encounter Church welcome. Thank you very much. I'm super excited to be back here. I uh, know I'm not from Pittsburgh originally. I am from Sweden. Sweden. Yes, hence the accent. But I, I just love to be here. I've lived in this uh, nation now for two and a half years. My wife was born and raised in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, lived there a year, but now we're here in, in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Jared. Yeah, uh, I'm all, uh, I love Jared and, 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 and Heather. Thank you guys for inviting me again. That just means that I, it wasn't too bad last time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Sarah, for that, that, that cool video. I don't know. Are you, are you here? She's downstairs. Thank her afterwards. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I thank you guys for, for bringing up that report from, from Paris and France and, and praying for Europe. Europe is, is, is uh, in my heart. That's where I come from. Uh, it's my, it's, uh, France is almost like my country because Europe, as you know, it's super tiny. We can, from my city in South Sweden, I can go. I can be in, in, in France after six, seven hours of driving if I drive really fast. So, you know, it, it's close. Uh, so thank you guys for standing with us and praying with us. Um, just this t- this time in Sweden is is it is crazy. We have around two thousand people every day coming in from Syria and Afghanistan. They're just crossing our borders. There is there are no borders any longer in Europe. We've received o- over forty thousand people the last month in just our capital city alone. So our central station uh, is over flooding with people. We cannot guarantee the refugees roof over their head or even food any longer. So we have refugee camps all over. Sweden. This is not. This is no longer the you know Syria or, or Afghanistan or Iraq where you see those pictures of refugee borders that are just full of people. Now it is now it is Europe. They are walking on our highways and and it is just crazy. But one thing that I'm very proud of is my country that are always saying we will never close the borders for people that are in need. Okay. So I just want to make that statement. I love our open borders when it comes to receive refugees. So I want to I want to I want to give that to your country as well. I'm I always love a country that has open borders for refugees. Just want to get that in there. You know, if anyone says otherwise, I'm a little bit hesitant. Open up the borders for people that are in need. In the end, in the long run, it will be better for our countries. They will help us. Hallelujah. You might not agree, but I just wanted to say it anyway. I am uh, so excited. So what you saw here 
Uh, on the screen was our, our last trip to uh, India and Bangladesh. Oh, that's what I do. I work for Mission SOS. Uh, it's a missions organization that works to, to spread the gospel to people that have never, ever heard the gospel. And that's, that's my passion. That's, that's what I live for, to go to a tribe somewhere in northern India that have never, ever heard of Jesus before and, and, and share Jesus with them. That's my passion. And, and I will make a promise here today. One day I will steal away Jared and bring him <laughs> Either India or Bangladesh or somewhere. I make you that promise. And, and I also make you a promise I will return him after a week and a half. You know, but yeah, come on now. So that's what I do. But when I'm not out traveling, I work for Allison Park Church and uh, the, the Northeast Minister School. So today I brought some heavy artillery from the school. I brought three students here. So I'm super excited. And, and if you guys want to talk to us afterwards and uh, interested in the school, please do that. Uh, so, so just a minute from, from India, let me give you an update. You saw on the screens that tumors were healed. We had this young girl. This is crazy. She was 17 years old. She came to our festival field with a huge tumor on her left shoulder. And as we were preaching the gospel and prayed for people, she started to scream like crazy. She ran up to us. We continued to pray for her. And then she, she took, took her sweater off, you know, on the, on the shoulder and showed us. And there was no tumor left there. This is, this is the real stuff. And this is not only stuff that happens in India. I believe that the Jesus in India has the same power as Jesus here. You know, Jesus is the same wherever we are. You know, we just need to preach that same message. And I'm going to preach that message here, here for you today. Uh, so please, you know, come and join us in India and Bangladesh. Thank you guys for supporting us. Uh, I'm going to jump straight into my message because I, I think for a few minutes here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak prophetically to you. I think, I, I think that the Holy Spirit has, has put something in me that he wants to give to your church. Okay, so, so I'm, I'm very excited. I'm going to talk about something called the Lawrenceville Cry. The Lawrenceville cry, and I'm going to explain this to you, but if you have your Bibles, let's go to Acts chapter six, uh, 16, and I think that it's going to come up here uh, on the screen, Acts chapter 16, and a couple of, uh, couple of verses here. It says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to during the night Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him come over to Macedonia and help us after Paul had seen the vision we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them uh, I love this this story because Paul the apostle he he was out sharing Jesus with people that had never ever heard of Jesus and then once he thought like I want to take my team that way but for some weird reason the Holy Spirit didn't allow them to so so you know Paul was not very frustrated about that he just said well I'm gonna let's if, if we can't go that way let's go that way and God would not allow them to go get that way so Paul did something that we as Christians should do as at times take a night in prayer so he started to pray and all of a sudden he saw a vision he had a dream 
and he saw a man in Macedonia, which is Europe, crying out in the dream, God, send us someone, come and help us because we need the gospel here. And when, when Paul woke up from that dream, he understood that I need to go to this man. I need to go to this man's country to preach the gospel. And thereof comes the term, the Macedonian cry. And I want to talk to you about the Lawrenceville cry. Because I was, I was down here in Lawrenceville this morning, 8.15, and started to walk the streets. And just to pray and, and look around, because I love this area. It reminds me a lot about my home city. So I was walking around here, and I saw all kinds of people. I saw the hipsters, and I saw the, the other guys. And, and, and I tried, tried to initiate some conversation, but I guess it was too early Sunday morning for people, you know. Uh, but I've been down here before and, and really good conversations. I love that. I want to talk to you about the Lawrenceville cry here today. Because there is a cry from the people living here. Whether they know it or not, but they all want Jesus. Hmm? I want to I encourage you today. Today I want to encourage you that you are not a minority when you are walking with Jesus. Whenever you have Jesus in your life, you're a majority. And let me tell you this because there are not many people that will tell you this. But people want to hear the gospel. People are interested in, in the gospel. And if they're not, it's because we are promoting it. We are presenting it in a bad way. Let me just give you that. People, they say like this nowadays, uh, I don't believe in street ministry any longer. Nothing ever happens when we do street ministry. Street ministry, we passed that, you know, thousands of years ago. You know who says that? People who don't do street ministry. People who are lazy. That, that's, that's what they say. Because you know what? I do street ministry. And, 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 and let me tell you, every time I mention Jesus to someone, I will have a, uh, some kind of a conversation. Okay? Jesus just opens up doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So street ministry. That's how I'm born and raised on the streets. I love street ministry. And it's all about the attitude we have. If we have the attitude, people don't want to listen to me. People would think I'm weird. And, and, and you know. If you have that attitude, people will not want to talk to you. But my attitude when I meet people is that this person wants to hear about Jesus. He might not know it, but he wants to hear about Jesus. <laughs> I met so many atheists. They say, oh, I don't want to talk to you. I'm an atheist. I, why would I talk to you? You're a, you're a pastor. Why would I want to talk to you? But somehow we continue to talk. And after five minutes, that, that person is not an atheist any longer. I don't even believe in atheists. Sorry if I offend you. If you're here, if you if you consider yourself an atheist, just talk to me after service. You you might not be an atheist any longer. No, I'm I'm not here to make those kind of jokes. But listen to me. An atheist after five minutes, they they warm up and they say something like this. Well. Of course, you know, once I prayed to God, but I didn't feel like I, I got a reply. So why would you pray to God if you don't even believe in God? You know, there is a, an atheist always has. He always has some small belief in something. It just takes a few minutes to pull that out of him. You know what I'm saying? They always say, you know, yeah, I walked home uh, from a bar 3 a.m. And I, and I shouted out, God, if you exist, isn't there anything else, you know, in this, this world? Believe me, there are no such thing as atheists. It's just people that have a cry. On their inside. I'm talking about the Lawrenceville cry here this morning. 
You guys have a great church in the middle of Lawrenceville. I love it. You have such possibilities to go out and share Jesus on the streets. And, and, and uh, Jared and I, we've met a lot, and I love all the initiatives that you guys are taking here. So I'm going to continue to pray for you. And, and whenever you guys are hitting the streets, sign me up. You know, I'm just in Etna. I'll be here in 10 minutes, five minutes. Four minutes without traffic, because that's how fast I'm driving when I know it's streets ministry. Come on. But, but, but don't, you, don't you know that the angels leave the car when you do more than 65 miles an hour? Well, I've noticed what that, you know, when you come up to 85, they, they always come back into the car. I'm just joking. Don't, don't take that serious. Come on now. Come on now. I went to West Virginia yesterday. I loved it. It was 70 all the way through West Virginia, 70 miles an hour. I love that. Love that. <laughs> so when I heard this Macedonian cry first time, it was in Bible school. I was sitting there, and, and my instructor talked about India. And I, 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 every time he said India, it was like a knife piercing through my spirit. I knew I needed to go there because they had never heard the gospel. Bam. You almost, almost, have you read the Gospels when, 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 when the angel came and talked to Mary and, and um, said like this, even through your heart, there will be a sword that will pierce you. You might not know that, but that is an interesting spot. I feel like today that sword will pierce all of us for the sake of the, the people that have not heard the gospel here in this area, here in this city. You guys are here for a reason, not only for your own self. You know, you are here for something greater. You guys are the body of Christ here in Lawrenceville, and you will hit the streets, and you will bring the, the gospel to the streets. Hallelujah. The people are waiting for it. People are waiting for it. My, my, I, I lived in Ethiopia as a missionary for five years. And, and one of my pastors that I handed off the church to, I planted a church there and I handed it off to one guy called Muhammad. Muhammad Said. He was not born and raised in the Pentecostal you know, churches. Uh, but anyway, he got saved when he was studying to become a terrorist, suicide bomber in Saudi Arabia. That's where, that's where he met Jesus. And he, he actually met a lady that started to talk to him and share who Jesus was. You see, he was, he was deep down in Quran studies, you know, Islamic studies. So he knew who Jesus was because um, you might not know this, but they really believe in Jesus, uh, the Muslims. They believe he is a very uh, honorable prophet. But, but this lady talked to Muhammad in a way that he had never heard Jesus being described before. She talked like Jesus was the savior of the world, like he was the son of God and he could be personal. So, so his mind was just messed up. He tried to go to his teachers at the Quran school and, and ask, hey, who is Jesus? I've heard, I had a friend that said Jesus was not only a prophet, but also the son of God. And they just said, don't listen to that. Just, just listen to us. But this kept building up in, in my friend Muhammad's life. So one night, Muhammad had a dream. And he was out on the beach and he was a fisherman. So he had a fishing pole and he threw out that, you know, the hook and he and he and and, and, and something was caught and he pulled it up. And to his surprise, it was not a fish. It was a person. 
And he was just surprised. But he put that person on the ground, you know, there on the beach. And he threw out that hook again. And he caught something else. And he pulled it up. It's another person. So he was, he was scared and he was confused. All of a sudden, he saw Jesus out on the water, walk towards him on the, on the sea. And he had never seen something like that. And that moment, he woke up. And he was just shaking because he was still studying the Quran and was still trying to be a, be, become a terrorist. So he was shaking. What is this? So he walked to that lady and said, this is my dream. And she said, let me tell you. Let me tell you what that means. I believe Jesus is saying that one day you will become a fisher of men. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? I, I, what does that mean? That means that you will help Jesus. You will do what Jesus wants you to do. So you have to give your life to Jesus right now. And that lady prayed with Muhammad to salvation. And that was almost 20 years ago. And since then, he has been on fire for Jesus. And I've been, pro- I've been planting churches, preaching with him for seven years. He's a great friend. But, but I, I, I will never forget what he told me. The morning after he received Jesus, he was walking the streets, and all of a sudden, he saw the blue sky like he has never seen the sky before. He saw the trees, and he was just walking around and saying, it's so beautiful. I've never seen this before. What has happened? It was God who revealed something to him. You see, God's heart has always been for the lost. Whether they're in India, whether they're in Africa or here in Lawrenceville. God's heart has always been beating for the lost. We need to have God's heart for the lost. Especially in this community. And that's, that's kind of what I, what I want to give to you this morning. You see, I, every time I'm thinking about the, the, the story in Genesis, how God created the world. You guys know what, how it was in, during five days. He created Heinz Field and PNC Park and, you know, the ketchup things. And, you know, <laughs> crazy mocha house or whatever it's called. <laughs> Maybe just mocha house. But, you know, that was during five days. He also created West Virginia and its interstates and whatever. All the beautiful things during five days. And it's almost like, uh, yeah, but then on the sixth day, that, 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 that was like the diamond of it all. You know, that was, the, that was the last thing that was just perfect. Those five first days, God just said, wow, this is good. This is good. I like this. But on the sixth day, he created mankind created you and I and he said this is very good and it it reminds me of of a diamond ring you know what I'm saying you know without the diamond that ring is still very very valuable it is so beautiful but it's almost like that sixth day that was when God put that diamond on the top of the ring and all of a sudden he didn't care about the ring. It was only the diamond that was valuable. You know, the diamond stole the attention of God. That is how valuable we are for him. The world is beautiful. But on the sixth day when he created mankind, he, God didn't see anything else than you and I. You see, with the cream, of, cream on top, with the cherry, you know, on top of that Starbucks coffee drink, you know. All of a sudden, we can just see that cherry. Ay, ay, ay. You see, that's how, that's how valuable we are in front of God. 
And, and every time I talk about Genesis and, and, and that story, I think, oh, I need, to, I need to go, I need to tell you this quickly. I think about how I proposed to my wife. You know, I'm born and raised in Sweden. And my wife, born and raised in Youngstown, Ohio, so she's American. And, and just for the record, you know, I thought that Swedish and American culture, it's just the same. You know, Western world, it's the same. I realized and have been realizing for six years now as I'm married uh, to, to, to an American that it is not the same all the time. It's quite a big difference, our culture. But anyway, you know, I, I, I grew up watching American high school movies and different movies. So I thought if one would ever marry an American girl, they need to spend at least $7,500 on a diamond ring. That's, my, that's, what, that's what I thought. They need a diamond ring for $7,500. Can you imagine me as a missionary in Ethiopia? I, you know, I, I spent more than I made every month. I had nothing, you know. And I was supposed to go over the, the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, to propose to my American f- to be wife now. And I had nothing. I did not have $5,000 or $6,000 for a diamond ring. I was shaking like crazy. What is she going to say? Is she going to say yes? Anyway, you know, I bought I bought a gold ring uh, at a market in Ethiopia for like 150 bucks. It was pure gold. Thank you, Jesus, that the gold was so much cheaper there. But, you know, I was like, it is the thought that matters, you know. But still something inside of me... What if she says no? No, you know what I'm saying? What if she wants that diamond ring? What am I going to do? So I came here. I remember I picked, you know, she picked me up at the airport. We went straight up to Mount Washington. I had it all played out in my mind. I had it all planned. I would take her up there and, you know, at that view, you know, whatever viewpoint or whatever, you know, you, you see downtown Pittsburgh. That's where I would propose and everything. So we came up there, and for some reason, two buses full of Chinese tourists <laughs> chose that same night, 10.30, to just go out and snap a lot of pictures. So I, 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 I got down on my knees on the sidewalk there, and I said, Gabrielle, this is what I said. I, I can't offer you a whole lot of things. I might never be able to buy you a house. And I can't buy you a ring for $5,000. But what I, what I can offer you is an adventure in the nations and a sleeping bag. Would you be my wife? She said, yes. She was crying like crazy. That's what I want. Yes. Can you see me? I always think about that silly story when I think about that diamond ring. But you are the diamond People out there are God's diamonds. You, you, you see, we are, the, we are the cream of that creation. Can you see what I'm saying? We need, to, we need to reach the people. We need to reach the people. You see, America is in a, in a, in a, in a rough spot. You know, we, we, we tend to think about politicians that are taking these kind of, they are making these kind of laws, they are making these kind of regulations, and, and we think that, oh, this country is just going down the drain, and, 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 and you know, but you know what? I need you to think like this, and, and I think God wants you to think like this. There is hope for this nation. 
Because as a Christian, you know, we have Jesus on the inside. We just go out and share Jesus. That is what this nation needs. Hallelujah. We don't have to, we don't have to think so much about this nation going under whatever the Western world going under. Sometimes I'm tempted to think like that. I always, I always try to get straight and say, hey, you know what? What, what the Western world needs and what the Western world wants is Jesus. Some pe- real people with a real Jesus giving a real gospel to the world. Hallelujah. Come on now. Come on now. Mm-mm-mm. We, we, we can't, we need to be sound Christians. Let me take this very, very quickly. I love to be a balanced Christian. Do you know what that means? That means I'm not going into that ditch. You know, I'm, 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 I'm looking for demons under every bush or whatever. Uh, you know, I'm, we need to be balanced Christians. We, we, we need to be in an environment where people can re- receive Jesus. If we close our, our church doors and we're, we're scaling the walls like UFOs, no one's going to be interested in that kind of Christianity. We need to be real people. We need to open up the doors. We need to have church on the outside. That's why I love this place. You guys are in a cinema. That's awesome. Jesus is in here. 10 to 12. Come on. Come on. Jesus is in here. I love this place. We need to be balanced Christians. We need to pray and we need to share the gospel. So before I end now, there's one, one, one thing. Next slide here. There is a guy in the Bible called Epaphras. He's only in three, four, three, four verses, but he's in Colossians 4 and 12. Epaphras, we don't know too much about him, but... It says in the Bible that he was wrestling in prayer for people. I love that. He was wrestling in prayer for people. Not only that, if you read Colossians chapter 1, Epaphras was also one of the founding members of that church. So not only wrestling in prayer, but he was also sharing the gospel. That is a sound Christian. A balanced Christian. He's not only in his prayer room 24-7 for 40 years praying for revival. Nothing's going to happen unless you actually open up that door and go out and share the gospel. You know what I'm saying? But he's not only there, you know, I don't care about praying. I'm just, I'm just going to be relevant and share Jesus and, and do those kind of things. It will never happen. We need to be balanced Christians. We need to be epaphrases. You know, praying, wrestling for people, but also understanding that the Holy Spirit just tapped me on the shoulder. It's time to go out and share Jesus. Hallelujah. Some people say we need to make the Christian gospel relevant. 2015, let me tell you, the Christian gospel is very, very relevant. You see, if someone drowns in the sea... They don't care if it's a hipster, if it's a dude in suit that is throwing out the life jacket. They just want to be saved. You see what I'm saying? They don't care if it's a man or a woman, woman preaching the gospel. They don't care if it's an old dude or a young teenager pre- preaching the gospel. If someone is drowning in the sea, they just want to get saved. The gospel doesn't need to be relevant. It is relevant. Romans 1 and 16 says... I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God to salvation. That's where I want to end for you to hear today. 
You see, when you share the gospel, when you live out the gospel, that is the power of God. That is the power of God. Okay? So wherever you are, wherever you are at your work, in your, your, in your school, you share Jesus. You live out your Christian life and you will see the power of God. Yes, the power of God is real. Can we stand up together? Can we do that? I, I want to pray this morning for, for Lawrenceville. I want to pray for this neighborhood. I want to pray for this area. I want you guys to be encouraged. You have what it takes to share the gospel with people. You don't have to uh, become someone that you're not. You have Jesus inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. People are interested. Whether they think they are or not, they are there is a cry in this city. There is a cry over the river in Millvale and Etna. I know it is because I live in Etna and I always walk around there and talking to people. There is a cry. People want the real gospel. No, people don't want religion. People are sick and tired of religion, but they want Jesus. They want Jesus. They want that Jesus that is spitting in people's eyes because they're blind. You see what I'm saying? Why aren't there any paintings? Have you ever thought of that? Why aren't there any paintings of Jesus when he spits people in their eyes? Why are there only these lamb paintings? When he walks around, he has a tear in his eyes and he's walking around. Real people needs the real Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on now. You have what it takes to win this neighborhood for Jesus together with the other churches here. They need real Jesus. They need real Christianity. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.